Hey there, Scuttle Buddies. This is Rob, host of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. When you grab your sunscreen and your blasters, don't grab just any sunscreen. Grab a bottle of Tuscan Tan. It's the only sunscreen rated to withstand a single reactor blast from the Death Star. And that can certainly come in handy when you're stationed at the Data Vault Archive on Scarif. You're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Target the base at Scarif. Single reactor ignition. Yes, sir. Ready. One hour delay? Okay, so do you still want to do make yeah, the flight then? then okay. I just have to keep it on though, unfortunately. And then... Okay, so you want to come in then? Come on in. Okay, she's coming in because she just spoke to Air Canada. No, I didn't speak to anyone. It's, but they're going to say they're going to call back. That, no. Gotcha. So she's going to join us. Excellent. So now we got the real talent. Why is there a creepy clown doll in his I know, okay, table? all right, okay, all right. I'm not the only She's one who noticed that. Do you understand now? Yeah, so then if we put the... If it moves... <laughs> Let me tell you. We should do, we should do something like that. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if it ra- waved at us right now? Oh, my God. I'd have to leave. Shanti, you can hear me. Hi. Hey, yeah, there. I can hear you. I okay, just good. don't want to. <laughs> I understand that. You see, oh, I already like her. Yay. Um, this is going to be fun. This is, gonna, this is why you're here. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. So last week we started our five-year mission, Shanti has no idea what that means, with uh, Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, with our first Red 5 missions talk about the Star Treks. And uh, we have returned for more Trek talk, but uh, I bet you can't wait, huh, Shanti? (laughs) Nanu Nanu, Shazbat, right? What are you talking about? (laughs) Mark and Mindy, come on, on, man. Please don't speak Klingon to me. But um, (laughs) we are back here talking about more Star Trek stuff. Uh, Besides my trusty Floridian Beta Z empath co-host, we've recruited recruited another pod to uh, regale us with their tales of this wagon train ride to the stars with a super duper special guest as well. Uh, Straight right back from Rigel 7, the moon of Calandrian Prime, from his segment on the prestigious Parsec Awards. Great job, by the way. Charles from the Conversations Podcast. Say hello there, Charles. Hello there from Rigel 7. Wow, that's uh, quite the intro. And Chantal's uh, Betazoid? Wow. <laughs> We're in She's trouble. An empath. She's an empath. Oh, God. She We're in trouble. You're insulting me and I don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I was like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> Good. And, Charles, you have a you have a, a special guest. You, you brought uh, your better half into the mix here. Why don't you do a little introduction? The best half. Well, yeah, the best half. I would agree. And um, uh, Rob at the Jedi Temple Archives podcast would probably say the du- the better double half because she's twice as tall as Pat. So <laughs> my wife. Anybody's as twice as tall as Pat. <laughs> oh, burn! Oh, I love your wife. <laughs> I love all your wives. Hashtag burn. This is Bernadette, one of the uh, one half of the amazing Star Wives. Uh, of course, Kelly and Pat's wife is the other half of that uh, dynamic duo. 
and she's here to help us along with Star Trek because honestly, Star Trek is her first love um, oh. above and beyond Star Wars. So she tolerates oh, Star Wars God, yeah. and loves Star Trek. See, a thousand percent. No offense <laughs> to my husband or anyone else, but but well, Star Trek all the way. Woo woo, Captain Kirk. Woo woo. Oh my God. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Well, it's uh, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Um, so last week, as I mentioned in the intro, we talked about Star Trek with our friend Amanda, um, and uh, we had a really great time. And we wanted to continue this uh, this uh, Warp Factor Seven conversation here. Um, you know, we talked about with Amanda. We talked about Star Trek as a concept, um, according to obviously the ideas and the ideals of kind of a utopian. Um, environment with Gene Roddenberry. Um, let, let's let's go back to that conversation, that topic, because you know you can't start a Star Trek conversation without kind of touching those elements of what you know I would call the George Lucas of Star Trek, uh, Gene Roddenberry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all of the the ideology that he um, implanted in, in his franchise. And these are some qualities that are really great. There's something that humanity, I feel, uh, you know, it's, it's worth striving for. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I asked Amanda and I'll ask uh, you, Bernadette, um, how's humanity doing so far? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So first of all, as, as you were speaking this and I was thinking about, Gene Roddenberry and how, I mean, what a visionary, mm-hmm. what a visionary. I mean, especially going back to, you know, when did he, obviously in the sixties, he's, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I, I know that there was the hippies there and the free thinking and love and all that and peace. And perhaps maybe that's where this stemmed from the peace and the love and trying to get everyone to be together. And <laughs> just because, you know, I mean, everyone, uh, I don't know. I, I, to, to think that he could envision this world or this this an existence mm-hmm. like this is, uh, I don't know. I I, th- I just think it's really beautiful. I mean, I just think he's a true visionary for back in that day to you know to to come up with this mm-hmm. whole and to come up with not only that but all all that it the, all that Star Trek um, is. The all the different creatures, all the different storylines, all the different planets, all the technology, the technology, yeah. the 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 and I, I, me being a nurse, the the healthcare and thinking, my God, taking that and I apologize to all the Star Trek fans out there who hypo spray, hypo spray to who know all the exact you know medical terminology of these apparatuses that they use. That's that um, uh, Jim uses yeah. and uh, that. McCoy, McCoy yeah, 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 and, and the whole, yes. and everyone else. The medical tricorders, the tricorders, yeah. and just, you just put it over. Someone lays on the bed, and all their vitals are up there on the wall. Uh, you you go over some a whole body from head to toe, and you can tell there's tumors. Just it's amazing to me, you know. And I think God, if if that could only be, but I don't know. I just you know, peace and love. It, it's a beautiful thought, but in reality. You know, it's sad, but in reality, people, nobody wants to be equal. You know, as much as we say, oh, it'd be so nice if we didn't have to think about money, didn't have to think about this, didn't have to think about that. 
everybody wants to be at the top, you know, with somebody, how, how would we put that into place now? I mean, would, if somebody were to just hand us envelopes and said, okay, so now we're going to go into this beautiful utopian and in this envelope will be what your new career or what your new life will be. And you'll be happy with this. Correct. Oh yes, of course. Cause this is what I want. Okay. So <laughs> they used to be living in a mansion. Then they get this envelope and then all of a sudden they're farmers or all of a sudden they're peasants or what have you, you know, they're, they're in the lower echelon of would they be okay with this now? Mm. I mean, how would we present this to our existence today? You know, how would we do that? I mean, in the healthcare field, sure, it would be fantastic because we'd all be like, oh, yes, fantastic, you know, diagnose this. But then in that regard, too, do people really want to know what healthcare ailments they have? Do people really want to know what cancers are lurking within their bodies that they didn't know about? What, you know, what aneurysms are going to come or what just, you know, in, in that sense, too, do people really want to know these things? I mean, I mean, I, I love the story, but you see. It's not reality. So, of course, it's beautiful. We sit back, we watch it, and, oh, God, that's so nice. But to actually live it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll get to the technology and all the advances that they kind of predicted in a little bit uh, because they're quite uh, a lot of them. And I I, I didn't realize that uh, we'd get you all riled up. That's fantastic. (laughs) I love it. <laughs> it doesn't to ask what her background is. Yeah. much, yeah. But you know, be, uh, Gene Roddenberry was a police officer, and I can only imagine all the horrible things that a police officer sees on yes. on the day to day beat. You yes. know, the uh, the the pain, the suffering, the the treatment of uh, fellow humans, and I think that um, you know, I would dare to say that that type of of experiences really, you know, did something to him. Um, when he, yeah, yeah. yeah when yeah. he stopped being a police officer and went into these, the, the, uh, television writing, uh, aspect, I think, you know, he, he took some of those ideas and some of those mm-hmm. concepts and, and experiences that he had, mm-hmm. um, and started to create, you know, his fiction with that. I mean, like what before he Star Trek, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So it's it's interesting, you know, I mean, you know, George Lucas did the same thing with with Star Wars, Uh, you know, they happened around the same time, especially with the things that were happening in politics and in U.S. history during that realm. Um, You know, the civil rights movement was a was a a very massive uh, event that was going on. It was transforming um, not only the country, but it was transforming humanity and, and, and how we relate to people. So it, it is very interesting that two, these two visionaries were, were being influenced by, you know, mm-hmm. outside sources, um, things that they were seeing in order to, you know, maybe contribute something to society. Um, you know, in the case of George Lucas, you know, new fairy tales, new ways of, of giving young people hope, et cetera. And Gene Roddenberry, you've got the same thing, you know, the whole idic thing, infinite diversity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and infinite combinations. I think that's wonderful. I think that's um, that's something to to definitely think about when it comes to, you know, science fiction and fantasy. I've always said that 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 uh, topic, you know, that uh, I guess that genre in, in movies really helps you think outside the box because, you know, we're I, I kind of get on, on my wife's case about, um, uh, <laughs> you know, she loves dramas. She loves like dysfunctional family stories. And I'm like, we live it. Like, why? Why escape into the same thing that you're in? You know, it's for me, it's more 
uh, freeing, mind freeing that, that, that we're able to kind of meditate outside of our own existence to see what else is out there. And I think that's part of the whole idic realm mm-hmm. to be able to experience other things, uh, whether it's, you know, experience, um, as a police officer or a screenwriter, but all these experiences coming together, um, you, you have more choices when you think, I think. Uh, when you uh, kind of have out of body experiences in in that way, am I am I talking nonsense or do you guys agree? No, that's yeah, that's true. That that's mm-hmm. an interesting point. You know, about liking dramas and watching those movies, and but yet liking like science fiction. Mm-hmm. It's I love science fiction for that reason because it takes me out of who I am and what I'm exposed to and what I see on a daily basis and the possibilities of other ways of living or just other ways in general of of everything, Mm -hmm. you know? It's fascinating to me to think technology in a different way or to think of us loving everyone or or being exposed to different cultures and different, but not different cultures here on this planet, but in in existence, Mm -hmm. It, uh, the aliens, the UFOs, the st- I don't I don't know. I mean, just uh, yeah, I like that. I like that because it is mind freeing for me too to just be in a whole different place and just be away from what life is entirely. You know, like a completely one eighty. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Shanti, you know, I'm with your wife. Your, Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I love you though. I, I do love you. Okay, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we um. Obviously, we talk about Star Wars a lot uh, on Twitter and things like that. And this is kind of your first foray into the Trek uh, universe. But hearing all these things that Gene Roddenberry kind of contributed to the franchise, um, does it make you less or more interested in diving into the Star Treks? What do you think? No, it makes me more interested. It makes me more – I I mean, like I said, I have watched at least the first two of the newer movies. So I have somewhat – an idea of what Star Trek is supposed to be about. But now, you know, hearing all, all this and how it's, you know, about a more utopian society and this and that, I am very much for, you know, all of us getting along and all that stuff. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't we all just get along? But may I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to drop, but by you, by, you see, we got into it when we were children. Yeah. And, we both are children of immigrants. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, now that My. we're talking about this and you getting into it now as an adult mm-hmm. growing up in America and uh-huh. us as children of immigrant parents in Canada. Uh, I don't know. What, bro? My parents were born in Cuba. They're immigrants. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I don't know if it's because of what we were maybe exposed to Charles and I as children. And that was our escape. Maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I had a hard childhood, so I don't know mm-hmm. if, if watching Star Trek was a real escape for me as a child. Right, and, right. You know what I mean? I don't know if being exposed to it as a mm-hmm. child and growing up like that is, is different than now you as an adult, having been exposed to so many different things now in life and then going into Star Trek now at this age, because when we were children watching it, we were very young and naive, and that was right, our, right. that was my first exposure, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, to yeah. science fiction. You know, seeing these characters, uh, the military style. Uh, I don't know when I say military because they're they're officers, yes, you know, and they're, and they're right. bad guys, bad guys, lot, yeah. good, mm-hmm. and they're the good mm-hmm. guys, and you know, and as a child, 
seeing that and these these are role models to me you know but it's funny because Ohura being female was not a role model to me it was more Captain Kirk more oh that's uh, interesting that is you interesting. know Spock more McCoy but especially Kirk I don't know what it was but Maybe because my father was in the military when I was very, I don't know, the stories of my father in the military. Sure. He's a strong Italian man. And I i, I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. And and to think as an adult, if I were getting into Star and Trek. For the first experience. For as my first mm-hmm. experience. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't even imagine that. You know, I, I can't imagine that because I got into it at such a young age. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, ha- if I have had all this exposure, let's say I got into it now after having been a nurse and, you know, you talk about Gene Roddenberry and all the awful things he's seen. I mean, as a nurse who's Mm -hmm. worked in the ICU, in the ER, and just in general, I've I've been exposed to a lot of very, very bad things, a lot of very bad images and, and death and humans being just awful people, what they do to each other and having to see what they do to themselves and and having to take care of these people and watching them through death. And, you know, so me too, sometimes, well, often I think about, God, I wish the world could be different, you know, because like these, you know, so I don't know, but anyways, going back to if being an adult and now getting into Star Trek or Star Wars or any science fiction, I I don't know what it would be like. You know, that's very interesting now to think about you we're trying to expose you and trying to get you to love our Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how that would be, you know? Well, I, I think, do you know what I'm yeah, trying to say? Yeah, I do, it's, because it's, uh, I've always seen Star Trek as being a utopian, like you were saying, Ro, before, as a utopian society where the human condition is, is exposed to uh, different cultures, different races, different aliens. But there's always there was always an underlying message within the shows, whether it's racism or acceptance or drug use. There were so many different messages that were veiled in like this sort of science fiction um, motif that you would eventually absorb. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool that, you know, seeing Wesley Crusher with his little uh, electronic device on his head and getting a, a buzz and a high from doing these um, these games or whatever, whatever it would be. I think that presents a utopian society that we, and especially Gene Roddenberry being a cop, wanting to forward see that and say, you know what, this would be wonderful if we could achieve this one day. It may not be possible. It may not be mm-hmm. uh, within you know the next couple of hundred years. But hey, imagine this where money means nothing. We all are fulfilled. And now we're just about exploration. We're all good. Oh, and we run into bad people. Of course, that's that's a natural part of it. Whereas Star Wars was sort of this humans within an adventure style uh, situation. So the two very different left brain, right brain look, and that this is this is my perspective because I was exposed to Star Wars, like you were saying, before. Uh, sorry, Star Trek before Star Wars. In Canada, they were on reruns uh, in our area. Like, we live a few miles from each other, uh, even before we knew each other, and they were on reruns on Sunday mornings. And mm-hmm. I would, yep. yeah, I would yep. rush to see the shows yep. before going to church in the morning. It's like, yep. okay, five more minutes, please. I got to see the end of this episode yep. um, because it was that that training. So you had the cool you know, the cool phasers and the adventure, but you mm-hmm. still had that underlying message. And that um, does portend to wanting to have a better future for humanity. And th- the difference between that and Star Wars is the adventure. Star Wars also has it, the Jedi and the the balance and all these. There's good messages in both, but the Star Trek aspect is about taking society as a whole and trying to make it better. And each episode tried to do that with a little piece of what, 
could be going on today trying to make it better for tomorrow. But that's true. Every episode ended well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true. It, it it ended well. It was always a story, the climax, bad, blah, blah, blah. but then it ends good. You yeah. know, there's mm-hmm. always, we always find the good or we always we always end up well, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. But I see I uh, Charles, when we met, I guess we met in nine well i mean we went to high school and all that but mm-hmm. when we got together in when we we're in the 20s now um general uh what were you what was what was on during that time next what, generation the next generation and yeah. you were obviously uh, but that was it that was the star wars dark times and i consumed next generation yes. it was the, the only show with with space and ships in it that, yeah. that it's something that we cry crave yeah. because there was no yeah. star wars going on and Star Trek, the next generation came out and uh, that kind of filled the gap. Yeah. Um, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. It was a phenomenal show. The first yeah. couple of seasons were a bit rough, but the the show found its legs and the characters became iconic. And uh, by the end, it was winning uh, mainstream awards for a right. essentially cable or streaming service style show. It was knocked out of the park and I couldn't wait each week to see these stories and the the two-parters it, it was phenomenal but yes you're right it definitely filled a void yeah. with the pedigree of what the original series brought to it and then amped it up and made it better yeah um first of all I want to go back uh because the word portends is is really funny to me and it reminds me of, of Porkins <clears throat> just wanted to say that Stay on target. Everything, that's what he picked on. <laughs> Stay on target. <laughs> Let me interject here uh, because you guys talked about. Uh, you know, when we were young, we were exposed to this. And I think, um, you know, younger people, younger brains are more open to a lot more than adults. So it is mm-hmm. interesting that you're taking Star Trek, Shanti, um, right now mm-hmm. as an adult. Mm-hmm. And it's um, you have an advantage, though, because you grew into sci-fi it's not like sci-fi is like the first thing like star trek right now is like the first thing that you ever see in right. that realm in that yeah, genre some exposure to sci-fi yeah so <laughs> it's um and fantasy but mm-hmm. it is interesting because you know uh, you know we all fell in love with star wars we were little kids in the theater it was mind-blowing you know we 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 did as much as we could to to learn as much as we could about the franchise, et cetera, et cetera. But that I think that's part of of being young and impressionable and really, you know, you know, there's a lot of self exploration when you're young, mm-hmm. and you know, Star Wars or Star Trek um, is able to uh, kind of, uh, you know, you play in that sandbox to try to find out and figure out who you are because the characters in these shows are also trying to figure out who they are, but it's done in such a way that it's so fantastical that it's like, you know, you're thinking about that and you're wondering yourself, um, how your story is going to end up. And I think that's the, I think that's the magical part of, of seeing these franchises at such an early age because Mm -hmm. take in so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm different. No, really. I feel differently. I feel well. You also have to understand you're talking. You're talking to someone who wants to absorb literally everything 
that has to do with TV and movies. So me going back now at 35 years old to watch Star Trek, something that's been established now for so long, is no different to me than going back and watching a movie from the 1930s, the 1940s, because I'm the kind of person that wants to appreciate all of this. So for me, especially considering what you guys are saying about Star Trek and what it stands for and what I mean, for someone like me, it sounds like it's actually going to speak to me because I have never felt like I have fit in down here in Miami. You know what I mean? I, I have always felt like an outsider. I mean, this is the reason why we have this community to begin with of nerds, because at some point or another, we've all felt like outcasts. I know what it's like mm -hmm. to be in a certain extent discriminated against. I don't bring it up very often, obviously, but most of you know. I suffer from anxiety. I suffer from depression. No one wants to hear about it for the most part. I try not to talk about it because there's still so much of a stigma and people want to put you in a group and treat you a certain way. So I think there's a lot that I can relate to in terms of just accepting people for who they are. And, you know, I don't believe in a utopian society because that's just boring. But I do believe in acceptance and different cultures and different people and different beliefs. And so I, I think Star Trek will speak to me. I really do. I think I you're think right. I, you think I think I'll enjoy it. It just yeah. it depends on what your, you know, what your personal life has been like. Mine sure. hasn't been the best. So, you know, there it are, would still be escape for me. There mm -hmm. are so many stories in Star Trek about acceptance and yes. you know <laughs> self uh, mm -hmm. self awareness a lot has changed in the past 300 years people are no longer obsessed with the accumulation of things we have eliminated hunger want the need for possessions we've grown out of our infancy there's always that aspect uh, of of you know self uh you know awareness and I'm, I'm newly divorced I'm, I'm starting my life over again i'm on a completely new journey like right. i'm discovering myself again how is that something that i just uh, that's something i can relate to a five-year mission yeah, exactly <laughs> that's something i can relate to <laughs> if that's what star trek is about and that's what it's going to give me then it sounds like it's actually right up my alley it is. They they have that, and like Ro was saying, is that the there's versions of those characters within each of the series. You could pick them out um, with every series. You can yeah. go through and find a character mm -hmm. that um, has that level of integration from an outside society or race or alien. I mean, and how that one character develops within the unit but also as a as a person throughout right. each of each of those episodes and even up into and including discovery with michael burnham and the new one and what how she was thrust into and what her history it's actually it's funny it's every every series has that and it's a yeah it's it's part of the dna of star trek for sure absolutely klingon klingons on the bridge yeah you know yep. first time um, but you know, even from, the, right, in, even from the uh, Star Trek Voyager seven of exactly. nine, I mean, she's literally a board. Yeah. And by the way, I know, I know, I don't know if, I don't know, Ro, if you said finally or not, if you've ever watched Big Bang Theory. And I know you say that the show can be a little stereotypical, but believe it or not, any little, like any, like iota of knowledge that I have of Star Trek, believe it or not, 
did come from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. Like, you know, they would speak Klingon. So I, I you know, yeah. when you say Gene Roddenberry, I'm automatically thinking of an episode that just makes me crack up. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I really think Big Bang Theory for a lot of that. Absolutely. I think great uh, show. Yeah, it is a great show. Definitely. I might just get to like this place. Uh, let's see if the Braves are on. How do you cut on this TV? TV? Yeah, the boob tube. I believe he means television, sir. That particular form of entertainment did not last much beyond the year 2040. Well, what do you guys do? I mean, you don't drink and you ain't got no TV. It must be kind of boring, ain't it? All right, time for the big thank yous, podcast family, to those of you that support the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thank you, wonderful people who have found it in their hearts to support our show. We're super lucky to have you. Hello there. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, what up, Joey? The Salty Crew at the Salty Nerd Podcast, Alex and Matt. Super fan of many of the Red 5 pods, Nicholas Schaefer. Follow him at Backyard Tardis. What's up, Nick? Our Star Wars celebration friend, Chad, at Hyperspace and Holocrons. Jay from Florida. Our other Floridian, Frank, at the Garrison level. Big thanks. And certainly not least, our executor level patrons, 97 Bravo and the Convergence Podcast. And Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused podcast. Big thanks, you Red Fivers. Go give them a follow. Huge respects to all our patrons for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scare of scuttlebutt. And remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. Don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. You know, we talk about, uh, we just talked about Gene Roddenberry's Utopia. There was a point in time during the production of Star Trek The Next Generation where the uh, the writers um, had an issue with an environment or a society that was completely, completely at peace with itself because it wasn't able to find the conflict um, the, the weekly conflict for these adventures to take place. Um, and obviously Charles, you mentioned, you know, uh, enemy races, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously, you know, Romulans are, were still a thing. You've got new adversaries like the, um, uh, the Borg and, uh, folks Kardashians. that, uh, the Kardashians, <laughs> uh, exactly. the Kardashians, sorry, Kardashians, sorry. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> But well, yeah. they could be villains. They could be, they could could, be villains. absolutely in the future. What a vulgarity! <laughs> but you know, if bigotry, racism, and poverty have been stripped away, you know, how, how do you introduce uh, new conflicts within yourself? And I think, you know, you really do have to kind of dig deep inside yourself to try to find some sort of. Of of conflict uh, in order to kind of flesh out a a, a uh, you know an episode. I got plenty of conflict. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like Chantal was saying, though, you know, like the utopian society not necessarily is a is a destiny or an end game for Mm-mm. any society. It's about acceptance, balance. You know, everyone's got their place, and 
for the most part, everyone's doing well. And mm -hmm. that conflict, certainly for like a show like Star Trek, you, you're right. It would be pretty boring. Okay, how many danged, you know, holodeck episodes can we have, you know, right. and Sherlock Holmes coming out and taking over the ship? Uh, even though that was a great series, that was a great series. But um, you do have to reintroduce those conflicts that exist in real life because without that, there isn't a show. There isn't a conflict. There isn't mm -hmm. that strife you're trying to overcome. And it, it makes sense. You're exploring the world and you're, you know, 50 light years away and you, you run into a planet that's, you know, uh, reverting back to the North and South and the Civil War and you have to deal with that. So you you revisit those those themes and those topics and you try and solve them for a modern audience. And that only helps people relate to it in a different wavelength, I guess. Perfection's overrated. It, it, it's almost impossible. Yeah. It's un untenable. You can't, it's, mm -hmm. Don't tell that no to Q. Don't tell that to the Q. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> thou art notified that thy kind have infiltrated the galaxy too far already thou art directed to return to thine own solar system immediately great character by the way mm. great character you know as um as un omnipotent as the q uh have been demonstrated to be you know they still have uh their flaws they still have um their their moments and their character moments to to grow. I think they did a really good job with uh, representing the Q as you know initially very perfect and I can snap my fingers and here I go. But um, you know, it turns out that um, I'm getting off on a tangent. But I'm just thinking about you know, Q's um, treatment of of uh, Picard uh, during the uh, you know that that season of of the Next Generation where. You know, he was first introduced, and oh yeah, um, uh, great, great stuff. I think uh, I think the creatives behind the scenes did a really great job on that whole that whole thread. I mean, the the series finale of oh. Next Generation, uh, all good things must end. That two parter was mm -hmm. was phenomenal, phenomenal. phenomenal. And they brought it all Q. back. Q is the ultimate power, or the Q continuum, right? They snap their fingers, they have whatever. Not to be confused with the other Q in current days. Okay, don't. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, but so you've got Q, who's this omnipotent, power, powerful being. He's bored. He's right. hanging out with Kirk. Uh, it was not Kirk, sorry. Picard. He's hanging out with mm -hmm. the Next Generation crew because they're bored. So even with this ultimate power, there's that's that in itself is a lesson. So you can have everything you want. Mm -hmm. It's never enough. It's never enough. And that's the inherent message with Star Trek is that you can strive for all these different things. You're going to have these conflicts. You're going to have your inner demons, your all these different things that's going to take you from one point to another. But ultimately, it's about finding the balance because there's always going to be something that's going to be annoying you. So he goes and, you know, when Q gets bored, he goes and, you know, rails on Picard for an episode and pulls a string and has fun for, you know, 45 minutes. But it makes for a fantastic uh, storyline. And that's the end, the, the ending of. Next Generation was an absolute home superb. run. Phenomenal. Yeah. Superb. See, I've been becoming it, more and more interested. The more yeah. you guys talk, actually, yeah. the more I actually really do want to watch it. I know this is all very confusing to you, so I'll attempt to explain. Right after Sopranos, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about it. Tony first, all right? <laughs> let's uh let's have a little fun and talk about the technology bernadette you brought up uh, a, a whole bunch of things here from the tricorder to the medical bed and i think you know um 
you know, we wouldn't have uh, the uh, the Razor flip phones back in the 90s without Star Trek. We wouldn't. Uh, I think the uh, the the U.S. military has already um, have those diagnostic beds uh, from Star Trek, so that's a real thing. Um, really? I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. no. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> something very similar to that uh, diagnos- diagnostic bed with your yeah with your stuff up there. Yeah, it's like absolutely. it lays over them. Yeah, it's like a very yeah, it's very very similar. <laughs> <Her Very high>. <laughs> <laughs> She's in shock. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, technology, you know, th- that's the cool thing about, you know, our our, our favorite, the groupings of our favorite genres, the fantasy, sci-fi. It's, you know, you get those minds. And then when you get real mm-hmm. scientists and developers interested in the franchise, they're like, I wonder if I can make a tricorder. I mm-hmm. guess I'll try. And that's you know that's what i was talking about when when we say that it kind of frees your mind mm-hmm. it, it it gives you the ability to kind of think outside the box and you know those leaps and bounds in technology are testament to that and i really think it's fantastic mr paris attack pattern alpha one target the lead cube and fire transphasic torpedoes Like what we have now in, right, uh, well, what we have now, what we've had for years, but using an iPad when you go to a patient's room and then mm-hmm. doing your charting from there, really, mm-hmm. you know, but God. And, and, and in Star Trek, they were called PADS, P-A-D-D, which stood for personal access data device. Wow. <laughs> I'm, nice. I'm, I'm 100% nerd, baby. <laughs> But yeah, you look at that. That's a great point. Like you look at Next Generation, we're talking 89 it premiered, right? 1989. Mm-hmm. Well before the, the iPad. iPad or even mm-hmm. time travel here, the Apple Newton. Oh, there you go. Oh. Wow. And they're scrolling through mm-hmm. reports on this literal iPad. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. university courses that uh, focus on Star Trek technology that has um, not only been a quote-unquote science fiction creation that has then come full circle and we can go and buy it in a store today but that's a mm-hmm. great that's a great uh that's a great example the ipad i'm gonna go around the room here and ask you what your favorite uh not only star trek technology but maybe what your what is your favorite sci-fi tech that you would love to have that that doesn't exist yet Shanti? teleportation there you go beaming sorry beam me, I, up, just beam me up scotty i that that yeah. all day long because i yeah. hate flying <laughs> You would you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have flying. to yeah Bernadette wouldn't have to be messing with the with the airlines. <laughs> I, I don't blame. I'm so sorry. I don't blame you. It's such a pain. Yeah, oh, no, I'm God. gonna I'm gonna go complete soprano when somebody gets on there. I don't blame you. I don't. There was a hole in the desert somewhere. <laughs> but the technology, I think, like to, the idea for me to walk into a sick bay, if you want to call it that, and to see <laughs> my god i would flip the freak out though beds that apparently already exist but anyways um <laughs> well, the department's of defense yeah yes. yeah so that and that just just to have a little tool that i could just put over someone from head to toe and then get all this data yeah, yeah. get all this yeah. data and then and then for there she blood, goes I mean, she's getting riled up again when they check yoda <laughs> Did they draw blood or did they just touch the person and get their yeah. blood? 
Right. Yeah, it seemed like like almost like a uh, like pss, like that sound. My God! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to get like shots instead of needles, but to yeah, just the hypo spray. Yeah, like it's like a sweet like, Jesus! Like my God! And I love mean, all the red five wives. See, aren't they awesome? <laughs> Isn't she awesome? Like, well, it's like you think about like that hypo spray that that look that you know, especially from the original series. It's just like a sort of yeah, it's psh, like a it's psh, it's almost like a yeah, that's an how ear, they get their shots. Tympanic thing, you know? It's it's crazy. Yeah, my God. Um, for technology that I'd like, I have three words for you. Uh-oh. T, Earl Grey, hot. Hot. Food <laughs> yeah. replicators. All you yeah. have to do is speak to... Yes, but micro- what if you replicate like that? Well, it, it, it's not pure. It's like when we go into the... Like when we it's go even, into I, the I think it's, it's even more pure. We transport it down to the planet the first time. The all first our time, you're different. Are, everything's yeah, you're different. a copy. doesn't matter. <laughs> Huh? Oh my gosh, she's so uppity. I love it. After the first time you're transported, you're, you're no longer original. So Yeah, I know. We should have done this live. It's like Matrix and the steak. Who cares? I know this is not real, but okay, so the then, best steak okay, I've ever Okay, so then that means we can't get cancer from all these things. Well, that's what they say. <laughs> well, I don't want to... Anyways, man. food replicators yes, is my technology. Food, that, that I mean, it's, it's cool, but... <laughs> Bourbon. Neat. I mean, imagine that. <laughs> exactly. Can I help you, sir? Hi, lad. Scotch. Neat. Uh, Romulan uh, ale. Rob, I mean, yeah. Rob will never leave this house. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <what's... laughs> Wait. What about exercise? Nobody's morbidly obese. So does that mean that we don't have to exercise? You know, that's a great, I love that's that. a great idea, no, though. No I exercise. Mean, that's a great concept. That's wow. a great topic. Nobody, because I want that. Is it because, because no, they instant abs? They exercise? Yeah, you saw like when Kirk was doing his annual physical and he had like those, like the little pads that he had to kick on and, or Worf and his, uh, Worf and his training sessions. and. Oh, yeah. But nobody, nobody's morbidly obese. Well, no, I mean, don't. I know it's TV and nobody wants to see that, but I mean, it's morbidly, <laughs> ob- no one is morbidly obese. You go in the holodeck and you go and run in, in your Andes mountains or whatever. And right. You, and you exercise that way. It's but like that's a marathon, but only much better. Right. I'm just wondering if you if you get that food in the replicator if it does something so when you eat it you don't get fat. It comes out with no calories. Right. I want a three course meal and a piece of candy like in Willy Wonka. That's what I want. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but that is interesting though because yeah. you, you know life is so easy in the 23rd century that you don't mm-hmm. really have to exercise. Everything is done for you. But um, there's you don't have to work nobody's... for it. Yeah, yeah. we'll be in floaty chairs like in Wally. Wally. That's <laughs> what I was getting to. Yeah. 800 pounds, but I mean. Floaty chairs. But seriously, though, no, I mean. Yeah, but that's part of the utopian society where either you have the time to exercise in your most optimal place and that you don't have to worry about it. Or it's like it's like credit. It's like money. No one has to worry about money. Obviously, behind that, there is a system that makes it work. But. Oh, and then, you sort of give into it and just like lightsabers. Okay, well, guess what? Lightsabers exist. We're good. Uh, Utopian society. It works. Everyone's happy. We're, we're good with that. But then you got the stories that carry Do they it eat forward. junk food? I don't remember if they, they chips and candy and all that stuff. Well, on when the, they're in 10th Ward on Next Generation, yeah, can, when they're ordering drinks. Yeah. 
You can replicate anything you want, I think. Deanna Troy. Deanna Troy. She's amazing. It's like Chantal. She loves chocolate. She would eat like her decadent chocolate stuff. (gasps) But I want to eat my chocolate and she's eating it and Rikers. Wait a minute. I know what I know what happens. What? They they eat all that crap and then they go into a transporter room and then beam it out. (laughs) Cut out the weight. If then take away my cellulite, I'll get into that machine right now. Yeah. Oh and that's that, that's why there's no toilets on the Enterprise. They don't like need the them. Brady Bunch. <laughs> Just don't do it. They get a colon cleanse in the... In the, in the <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So maybe every time you beam, you get cleansed. And you, right. everything comes out your... Star Trek colon cleanse. Cellulite. Someone invent that. There's <laughs> never one use the bathroom again. <laughs> There's a planet that only exists in the universe. Uranus. <laughs> very nice. Very, very nice. Captain's Log Supplementary. What, what do you think Vader was doing in his meditation chamber when Admiral Piat interrupted him? Hi. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mystery solved. Oh, my God. Okay, but back this to This is Scott. a crazy episode. Seriously, though, no one... I don't see... You know, I no, but it, I mean, it happens. I mean, obviously, yeah, but it's the, true. It happens. Nobody wants to see that on the but show. But I mean, but like, but like, it, literally, it, it was like, yeah, you, you, marketing this episode, Ro. Yeah, <laughs> or editing. But you see, like, yeah. Deanna Troy, she's sitting in ten four with Riker, and yeah. she's enjoying her decadent chocolate, and she's explaining it to Riker, and he's yeah. just watching her enjoy you know, it. Do they have now? Now that I'm thinking about this, do they have <laughs> vices like smoking, like being alcoholics, like doing drugs? In this utopian yes, society, yes, yes, they have yes. all this. I just watched Casino. She said vice, and all I thought about was the head in the vice scene. <laughs> to look at where my mind is at. It's a good movie. They do. I mean, they they have they deal with holodeck addictions. They deal right. with um, like Wesley and this this whole little the video game thing, thing, the video virtual. game thing. Um, they have um, uh, the well, actually, they did it twice in Star Trek the original series with the alcohol. Like it was almost like a. Um, through touch and their oh, sweat, they yeah. got drunk. They brought that forward in one of the first seasons of Next Generation. So they do deal with personal demons and how they get over them. Absolutely, yeah, they do that. Yeah, but the only thing that, from a from a uh, Federation perspective, uh, you know, they're able to replicate um, adult beverages, but without, without the alcohol, correct. and that's it's called synthahol. Synthahol, and yes. it doesn't give you, you know, it kind of gives you, I don't know what it gives you. I <laughs> guess. <laughs> does, well, does it give you a, a, a buzz alcohol. without the alcohol? Yeah. yeah. What in blazes is this? Didn't you order scotch? Laddie, I was drinking scotch a hundred years before you were born, and I can tell you that whatever this is, it is definitely not scotch. I believe I may be of some assistance. Captain Scott is unaware of the existence of synthahol. Synthahol? Yes, sir. It is an alcohol substitute now being served aboard starships. It simulates the appearance, taste, and smell of alcohol, but the intoxicating effects can be easily dismissed. You're not quite uh, human, are you? No, sir. I am an android. Lieutenant Commander Data. <sighs> Synthetic scotch, synthetic commanders. We have to remember is that in that society, 
you know, it's the Federation and the Federation of Planets membership that lives within the utopian aspect of 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 Star Trek. You know, you still have the Society of Klingons, you still have the Society of, of Ferengi, and they still have money. They still have vices. They still have alcohol. They still have chocolate. You know, whatever, whatever, the, whatever their vices are. Um, you know, I, I remember uh, discussing this with uh, with Matt Kadish over at the Salty Nerd Podcast. If they can replicate anything they want, then why do they need money? And it's mm-hmm. not that they need money. It's just that other societies aren't part of correct. You yeah, know, yeah, correct. That that right. you have to that bridge that gap. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the Ferengi obviously are still dealing in gold, gold pressed latinum and, and you've got other societies that are still, you know, they're outside of the Federation. The mm-hmm. Federation um, are uh, are the ones that are, are uh, you know, partial to that that utopian society, per se. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's still pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. What happens if you didn't want to be part of that utopian society? You weren't like so they they, they were. <laughs> planets would apply to become part of the federation no but i meant as a human on earth it, oh. it was just it's just automatic you're born into it and no i guess you live in the forest and you're off grid i don't know i mean <laughs> well, well seriously though like what if you you're sleeping with the fishes <laughs> cement <laughs> boots i know soprano style <laughs> you got the cement boots ready uncle for june you. will take care of you uncle um, june. oh my god um, uh, it looks like picard by the way um yeah, yeah that's with true. glasses it does. yeah he yeah, does but that's so, a good question, though. But, you know, so I mean, when you, you're born, you're automatically part of this utopian society. Well, you, I guess you... Yes, because Earth... Yes, you know, yes. Like, because Earth is part of the Federation of Planets, so that affords you all the privileges of that that agreement, I guess. But then... The benefits, too. How did how would it start? Like, how would we do it now if we wanted to do it today for, 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 for fun? Let's talk about it. So what if we wanted to do it today? Now, how would this how would this work? Well, that's what we struggle every day for. I think every mm-hmm. day we struggle for global equalization and the betterment of everybody. I mean, it's it's a, I think yes, it's a constant struggle when it comes to money. Well, and yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that we wake up every day and because people hope, want power, you know, absolutely. So. But that's, that's what I was saying before: is that a utopian society as a whole is a wonderful idea. Yeah, but it, but it takes a hundred percent buy-in, like you're saying. I mean, everybody has to be, yeah, you know, it's one thing with children, yeah. but even with children, they grow up and they'll have a twist that they want to be in power. And then it leads them down one way. It's, it's, it's a, it can be a zero sum equation where you can try and create the society, but society itself is going to take itself asunder and it's, it's not going to work. And that's why it's science fiction because it'll never, well, we can strive again, for it. Yes. I mean, we say never, but yet look at all the technology exactly. that has come about exactly. because so. of, you know? Yeah. Just to think, these people who thought of these, like in the 60s, who mm-hmm. thought of all of this technology, but yet yeah. they couldn't, of course it didn't exist, but, yeah. oh, imagine this, let's do this. And now it's exist. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to think, what else can we think of? <laughs> well, that, that's a... Rowan Chantal show here. We're just talking. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry. You know, it's, 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 we... it, is a, it, it is a very interesting thing because think of the, uh, the, the space program in the 60s. None of that mm-hmm. stuff existed. Yeah. And then they had a team of mathematicians and scientists, you know, gathering up their ideas and trying to figure out, well, how can we safely build something to take a man to, to the moon? Mm-hmm. And it was done. I mean, it right. was done with 60s yeah. technology. It was right. done, you know, using yeah. you know, the technology of the time. 
we have more power in these things that we hold in our pockets than that yeah. power that I mean, it's, it's like it's very similar to the premise of Enterprise, the, the show Enterprise, um, that spinoff that was talking about um, that, you know, speaks to like Enterprise, Enterprise, that show, the spinoff was very uh, prequel esque. Right. Of mm -hmm. Star Trek. And it played off of the early meeting of the Vulcans that we see in uh, Star Trek Generations, I think. I think it's Generations, where uh, Ephraim Cochran, he right. makes the first jump to light speed. So it's very um, grassroots in approach. And you see those low budget. So, hey, we can do this. We can make this work. Let's all work together and make this happen. Right. And that's so, somewhat wherever it starts. But um, it does take in our case, let's say with the United States and their, you know, um, his vision to make it to the moon, that was the driving force. And nine years later or whatever it was, we're on the moon. It's that, that singular vision and it, but it takes everyone to buy in and make it happen. That's the uh, interesting thing about human ingenuity. You know, we, we, um, for those of us who, who, who are intrigued at history, you know, you've, you've got structures like the pyramids, mm -hmm. you've got structures all over the world that people now are trying to figure out, well, how the hell did we do it? Yeah. Well, first Seriously. of all, you know, we weren't on our phones, you know, looking at cat videos all freaking day. <laughs> we were thinking of new things to do. And, and Aliens. I think, right. Yes. But I think it's, um, I, I think it's intriguing that uh, that that sort of thing like puzzles us as a society. It's like, you know, you know, man back then had a lot more time um, to do things that were, I feel, more constructive than modern man does. Um, we waste a lot of damn time. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, Someone's got to get those TikTok videos out there. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> Hello? <laughs> But it's funny though. I mean, we jest about it. I think Gene Roddenberry was uh, was onto something. Oh, and, we're so screwed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. I guess. No, we are. And I. Yeah. And as much as I do love technology, and I'm completely obsessed with my phone, <laughs> as you can tell by my rapid fire responses in the Red Five chat. Oh, it's destroyed society. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do feel like it's actually destroyed society. And we oh, don't yeah, talk I to mean, each other and we don't talk to each other anymore. No, no mm -hmm. and that's why face our to face now, and that's the problem. Yeah, mm -hmm. they our children now don't know how to communicate with each other at all. They're yeah. so used to being on their phones they're at, at all. the table and they're texting each other when instead of speaking to the person side by side. And I did. I kind of grew up in this. But mm -hmm. but like I said before, I didn't get my first phone until I was 16 in high school and it wasn't even a smartphone yet. It was still a flip right. phone. Texting mm -hmm. was barely a thing yeah. yet. Yeah. And still I still pine for those days of being a kid pre-technology sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go out and play and- Go out and play. Fall, I loved those days of being sometimes. on my bike. Yeah, and scraping my knee and climbing. Yeah. I literally did climb trees. It, yep. I mean, I loved yeah. playing outside with the neighbor's kids until the sun went down, car, and then running away, and then going Game back on. down. Game on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I miss that. And I feel like I, I look around and, for example, I was just at Disney. I'm looking around and everyone's just, are you even yeah. absorbing the park? Everyone yeah. is looking at their phone. Like other than the 50 pictures I took of the castle during the fireworks show, <laughs> I barely took pictures, especially cause I've been there so many times, but I barely took pictures cause I want to remember this stuff sure. and not be reliant <clears throat> yeah. on technology. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
now that we're watching the newer episodes, Discovery, uh, mm -hmm. etc., what new technology have they come up with? Are we still using the same technology that was that we're used to, or are there new <laughs> things that they're doing now that someone could invent in fifty years from now? Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, spore I'm drives. Spore drive. Yeah, that would be okay. Besides the besides well, that's, like, like well, in the sick it. bay, like well, it's, it seems no. To I mean, be there's the there's definitely certain things that are carried forward, and yeah. you know that sort of like the part of the quote unquote true, DNA. And they of, operate. They operate with that piece that goes over that they don't yes. actually do any hand right oh you mean that yeah the new the new ones because obviously discovery was a show that was um that took place before the original series so we still oh, have yeah, kind yeah, of like that right. old story so now this last uh, this last season they're projected like what 600 years into the yes. future so this yeah, there's yeah, new yeah. stuff that's happening yeah and they're part of the kelvin timeline so it's it's canon that the kelvin timeline is in there so going forward whether or not they you know Paramount decides to reverse course and change that with any movies that may or may not come out in the future. What happened in those two movies that Chantal saw, um, that's that's the new timeline moving forward. And the spore drive is a fantastic example. You're looking at microorganisms, mm -hmm. you're looking at environmental um, uh, situations, microbial level uh, connections to the galaxy. That Metachlorians? Ooh, I didn't want to say Metachlorians. Metachlorians. Got it. Uh oh. <laughs> Just don't say Yoda. Um, what? Yoda? Yoda? Oh, cut. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, relax. Wow. Relax the Palpatine. Relax. <laughs> Put down the photon torpedoes. Um, yeah, but that, that, that's, a, that's a really cool technology. Yeah, they're pushing the envelope to a certain degree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so before we uh, we take off for the evening, we have two questions from some of our followers that uh, I'd like to pose to you guys. Um, I posted on Twitter if anybody had any questions while we were recording recorded tonight. We have two. Um, <laughs> I can check last minute, but uh, let's um, let me see the two questions. <laughs> I just saw your post, Shanti. What it's going off. Uh, it's going off the rails. <laughs> Um, Darth Papa Bear. Our friend Darth Papa Bear says, what was on Bone's resume that kept making Kirk think he was qualified for jobs other than doctor? And I I think he was talking specifically talking about Star Trek Beyond. Didn't uh, wasn't he didn't he was he was like driving a light cycle through that floating city in Star Trek Beyond? Which was beyond logical, I think. Yes, it was. That was a major sticking point of that movie. But yeah, yes. I'm like, what? wait a minute. I'm a doctor, not a pilot. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. So what would be on McCoy's uh, resume that would lead Captain Kirk to think that he was more than he, what he talked about? Well, I would just think, you know, when you know somebody... Let's say you've been with them for, I don't know, 10, 20, what, 10, whatever. How many years? I mean, he was his doctor on the ship. Maybe he got to know him as a friend and got to know uh, that we don't know. Who knows? And Could he be. saw qualities in him that yeah. that he thought, oh, he'd be good at doing this. I I, I honestly don't know. I did, I'm trying to think back. I'm sure, Charles, you have some talents that we don't know, but Bernadette knows. So there you go probably not <laughs> no comments eh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Or maybe they're private. <laughs> Not oh. like, most likely. <laughs> Hopefully. No, but seriously though, like, but I don't know. I just think I, I, I honestly think he knew him in a certain way, and uh, and he probably trusted him so much that yeah, no matter what situation it was, yeah, he could take care of whatever it was. That's you know, right. Like, yeah, that's right. Because. You know, we think when we think of a doctor and especially let's say it's our let's say it's one of our best friends in the world and, you know, he's brilliant and he's a physician. You probably trust him maybe with your life, obviously, but maybe with other things. And you think, hell, if he can do this, he should be smart enough to be able to do that. I, I don't know. MacGyver. In space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Kirk Could probably filled out McCoy's other interests section for him and just like put everything in there that he needed construction worker um script writer or maybe uh, he thought that he didn't do enough being a doctor so he said do this too <laughs> you know, earning your wage you, every time i go to the sick bay you're just walking around doing nothing here to do this maybe you don't have enough patience because all you did zap zap and that's you have your thing so do this because you're bored maybe. mccoy is yoda you know? Star Trek. oh no oh no oh no no, seriously, though, maybe he does nothing. So now Kirk is like, OK, well, you know, <laughs> oh let's God. get you to do something else, because apparently you just walk around and you're curing people. But do you have this all this technology? You don't need to do anything. You just walk around and charge people with these things and they're done. It's like the vitals, you don't have to take vitals anymore. You lay them on the bed. You don't even need to operate. Just put that thing on top of them. You don't need to diagnose. You put that thing there. A monkey can do his job. Darth Papa Bear just took down Doctor McCoy. It's, true. it's so true. Anyone, you and your damn that. hypo spray, McCoy, get the hell up here and do something. Well, I mean, what did he go to school for? If anyone just lay someone on the bed, anyone can stick the thing in the body. Anyone can put the diagnostic tool, and the machine tells you what is wrong with the person. You don't even need to assess them. You put them in the bed, they oh get assessed. God. Oh, my God. But it's true. You okay. don't have to do a freaking thing. So maybe, maybe he felt this guy's a moron. Get him to do something else now, because all he does is nothing. He pretends he's a, yeah, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. Wow. You know what? That guy's right. <laughs> Please include all of this, Rose. It's freaking true. What the hell did McCoy do? Oh my god! A monkey could do that job. Push and, 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 and grab a mop while you're at it, McCoy. <laughs> wow! Now that I think about it, that's true. Hey, crap! Star Trek is off the roster, everybody. There we go. Oh man! Fantastic! Oh man! What a great show! This is fantastic. Well, question number two, so I can oh, uh, answer this one. Too. <laughs> I was say, oh gosh, should we even? I think we should quit while we're ahead. <laughs> this is perfect. And uh, get me off this McCoy thing. All right. So question number two, Chicago fan seventy six says, "Who would win in a fight, Data or HK forty seven? Whoa. HK-47 is like an assassin droid in Star and Star Wars. Like very high-end assassin droid. Wow, that's a good question. Wow, that's a fantastic question. But Data has his strengths. He's very, he's uh Oh, yeah. I don't know. 
but he <laughs> he also tries to be human no like yeah, yeah humanoid but, yeah I don't know. but when I mean, push comes to shove he yeah, yeah he doesn't play yeah but hk47 is built for death yeah it's like built yeah hk47 is br- i would say he's brutal yeah i i'd go with uh i'd go with the assassin droid no I holds barred because i want to be loyal to star trek but i might have to too wow yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, he's got yeah. weapons Sure, sure. It is programming is about integration with the human yeah, society versus HK forty seven, which is like which built is to kill and destroy. Kill, like, <laughs> a complete yeah. robot, where with no human uh, want of like you know, it, it, to me, Data nope. wants to be human. Data Un- wants yeah. to, you know, uh, unless Data tried to teach him how to laugh, that would be his only way of defeating HK forty seven. Ha 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 ha! Let me tell you a joke. That would be the only way it would work. I'm not liking this question. <laughs> It's making me feel bad. I can't answer this question. <laughs> we'll get a better one next time. I don't want. Oh God. Yeah, I, I would go with HK forty seven. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That's want a great to, question. Wow. I, I might have to. I don't. I don't. I really don't want to, but I think I'm gonna have to. Excellent, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Charles from Conversations and Bernadette. Um, Charles, what? Uh, I just finished your last episode. What do you guys have coming up and where can folks find you? Well, what we have coming up next is um, sneak peek. Uh, we've got our first What If Star Wars uh, episode coming out. Uh, very nice. Next. Very wow. nice. And uh, yeah, what, so what if, you, can, you can start with what if Data fought HK-47. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and it'd be a one-sided conversation because Pat, guess what? He'd be busy. <laughs> <laughs> what if Data was an assassin? Wow. Oh. Oh. Um, well, but was. Uh, yeah, what's that? Lore was, wasn't he? Ooh, ooh, the brother. Remember the brother? <gasps> There you go. Whoa, that's yeah. right. Data had a brother, oh a twin brother. Oh my God. Noonien Sung was playing both sides. There yep. you go. There wow. you go. No, no emotion chip, no nothing. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, you can find us on uh, most major podcasts as uh, Conversations. We're on uh, Twitter at, at Swations. We're also at uh, Instagram at Conversations. And same thing with Facebook, uh, Conversations. And we also have a link tree. I think it's link.tree or link. I don't know what it is. Forward slash conversations, whatever. Pat does this. I don't usually do. I don't do this part. <laughs> but, Worst advertisement ever. I was about to say, but I didn't want to say it. I'll say it. It's fine. But thank you for saying it. Because I thought you're, you're on this show. You should know this so that the people can get Write things down. She's got me like. Every time we go out, do you have your business cards? You got those pins? You got yeah. the uh, the magnets? Go. Where's all your stuff? Well, because to talk when we show. go out, we talk about it, and then he's got nothing to give the people. My my husband has a podcast for Star Wars. You're a Star Wars nerd. Here, talk to him, and I have nothing. What the hell are you doing not bringing your I'm stuff? I'm with your life. embarrassing, you know what I'm saying? It's true. I'm trying to promote it. these people if they have no, nothing to, for me to give to the people. That's all. So thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> You're so welcome. It was our pleasure. I love your t-shirt. Definitely our pleasure. Yes. See, I told I told that you'd you'd love it. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And Shanti, what? you've been uh 
you've been uh, kind of relaxing and chilling uh, behind the scenes a lot. But uh, besides Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast, you're on with Alan. Mm-hmm. And uh, any other podcasts that you picked up being a host, co-host? <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but there's always, it's always room for more. <laughs> but we are uh we are uh we are switching our format on Allen Press Play uh Press Play Studios. We used to be weekly, now we're doing every other week. So we won't be on this Thursday, but we're going to be on next Thursday to talk about my favorite part of Christmas and that is Rankin Bass. So we're going to be talking about the year without a Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So I'm really excited about that cuz that is my entire childhood right there. Wow. Very nice. Very subset of stories in there. That's very cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. So that'll be fun. And we're trying to get pirates off the ground on Scarif and we're trying to do the Tim Burton episode. Tim Burton episode that's been in the Damn planning it. for a, probably a, a month and a half. <laughs> and uh, all sorts of wonderful things here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Uh, but uh, guys, thank you very much. And um, I also want to make sure that we mention if you guys want to leave us a voicemail and talk a little trek or uh, leave us a message about this episode, give us a call at 773-234-8659. That is the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline. Once again, 773-234-8659. Sorry, operators are standing by. Call now. Call yesterday. Call tomorrow. Just call and leave a message, baby. Do it Chicago style. Call often. Call. <laughs> vote. Vote early and vote often, as they say in Chicago. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I want to uh, give the opportunity to uh, our guests to uh, sign us out on this Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Charles, what do you got to say? And that's a scuttlebutt. <laughs> Bernadette's like, huh? What? What's going on? <laughs> I only know because I know the show, but Oh, that's how you do it? Yeah. And that's, that's our sign off. That is the that's And a, that's a scuttlebutt? That's the mm-hmm. scuttlebutt. That's stay that's classy San Diego. And that's the scuttlebutt. <laughs> and that's the scuttlebutt. No? Yay. Very nice. Very nice. Scutt- what? How do we do this? <laughs> and that's that what? <laughs> and go. And Give that- me with more emotion, with anger. Faster and more intense. I mean, what? What? How do we do this? (laughs) No, I want to know how to do this properly because I'm going to freak out now. And that's actually you can say your name and then tag out with the phrase. So, I'm Bernadette. Hi, that's the scuttlebutt. I'm Bernadette, and that's the scuttlebutt. No, then that's the scuttlebutt. (laughs) You sound like boring. And that's the scuttlebutt. Oh, I want to. S- that was good. Really? Yeah. How did I do yeah. it? Yeah, once more. Like, this is Bernadette, and that's the scuttlebutt. This is Bernadette, and that's that's the scuttlebutt. No, and this is Bernadette, <laughs> and this is this is Bernadette, and that's the scuttlebutt. <laughs> Woo-hoo! listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>